Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy Sabbath, everybody. That is more like it. Thank you for that, Brother Mikal. That's the truth today. God has never lost the battle, and he never will. That's a message for somebody right there. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's good to, to be back with you. Perhaps some of you wonder where I was at. I was in Punchak with some of us. And we had church without walls, meaning that we are going to take worship outside of JCC. We are, we are going to go to places. We are gonna go, we're going to go to Punchak. We're going to go to Sukabumi, Bezdi, wherever. We're going to worship God, but we are going to, to serve. So if you're interested, let me know. You know, we are still building the team, trying to get a few things together. But if you're interested, let me know, and uh, I'll be more than happy to have you a part of what we're trying to do. Why worship in other places? We have to bring the love of Jesus to people. People are not going to come to us, and that's really the main motivation. So if you're interested, please do let me know. Today, we continue talking about relationships. Uh, we started with the individual. You know, we, we were talking about you do not complete, uh, complete me. And then last month, we were talking about the couple when we said, you do compliment me. This month, we are talking about family. We are talking about community, Brother Jamin. Because we believe that all of us have a family. All of us have a community. And how we live our community life impacts our careers, it impacts uh, our promotions, it impacts our health. Family is that important. This is a serious business right here, and that is why we are talking about it. So, Pastor Sam, when I was reviewing the few footage of his sermon last Sabbath, he said, you know, this is the last time I'm going to talk about relationships for a long time. Well, uh, we are not going to do another series about relationships, but we are forever going to talk about relationships. Why? Because you cannot say you love God and yet not love the people that are right next to you. So relationships are important. So today we are in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 3, and I want us to pick it up in verse number 20. If you have it, kindly turn to Mark chapter 3. And verse number 20. And when you got it, kindly please do me a favor and stand with me for the reading of the scripture. And when you got it, say, I got it, Pastor, or hold up. Yeah, you, you can stand. It's okay. You know, it's okay, Sister Rev, you can stand. God, Papa, it's okay. You can stand. You can stand. When you have it, say, Amen. Amen, Pastor. Don't worry, I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you time. Please stand for the reading of the scripture, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 20. Can I read? Mm, Brother Jeff is like, Pastor, I'm ready for this. Is this side ready for this? Uh, I got you. I got you. Sister Irene, are you ready? Yes. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 20. This is what it says. Then he... Jesus went home. And somebody needs to go home today. And home is not your apartment. Home is God. Then he went home 
And the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, <laughs> and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, he's out of his mind. In Bahasa, you say, Gila. Verse 31, jump down there. And his mother and brothers came. Standing outside, they sent it to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Here's where it gets interesting. Parents, I want you to just listen to this. <laughs> if your son ever speaks to you like this, you'll be amazed. But look at what Jesus says. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at about those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he or she is my brother and sister and mother. I want to preach this heading today. A modern family, Jesus edition. A modern family, Jesus edition. Let us pray. Father God, speak right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you face pressure this week to stop something? How many of you were pressured to stop going to the gym by your wife? How many of you were pressured to stop talking? How many of you were pressured to stop a relationship? How many of you were pressured to stop paying for it? To stop paying for someone? How many of you were pressured to stop being single? How many of you were pressured to stop hanging out? Here's a word for somebody. Push forward even when you face pressure. I'll give you a chance to say amen to that. I say this because in our text, Jesus is facing pressure from family to stop his ministry. His family comes to him because his family thinks, Elder Rivo, he is out of his mind. His family is concerned that Jesus is doing ministry, but he's not taking care of his personal needs. His family wants to, to come and to seize him. In fact, they want to be like the police and they want to arrest him because... Uh, they think Jesus is out of his mind. David, they, they think that Jesus, he's gone loco. He, he's gone psychotic. He, he's out of his mind. Jesus is out 
of his mind. Think about that. The one who you sing to, the one who you pray to, people thought he was crazy. And perhaps that is your story. When your family looks at you, Sister Ikra, they think you are crazy. They think that you are out of your mind. They don't get you. They don't understand you. You are not alone. Jesus was there too. Now, now you see, much like Indonesia, first century Palestine was a high honor and shame culture. In other words, like here in Indonesia, we, we worry about what people think about us. We are concerned. We, we are concerned about where we go to school. Uh, we are concerned about what our, our pe- people think about our family. We are, we are concerned if our daughter is not yet married, our son is not yet married. We are concerned if uh, we don't have children yet. Uh, in this culture, just like my culture, just like any culture, we, we are concerned about what people think about us. And in the, in the time of Jesus, they were also concerned about how people thought about them. And what is so distressing? I need you to see. What is so distressing? When they say Jesus is out of his mind, it's because Jesus being out of his mind, it makes the family look bad. So they're not concerned really about Jesus being tired, Jesus being stressed, but they're saying, Jesus, what you are doing is actually affecting our image. It's affecting how we are perceived. It's affecting the chatter that people are having about us. And I need somebody to understand it this morning, that that sometimes the pressure you face from your family is because your family faces pressure from the community. It's because people are saying, Abang, Kaka, Auntie, why is your daughter not yet married? Why is your son yet not going to school? And so your mom or your dad comes to you and then start putting pressure on you because there's pressure on them. Husband, sometimes when your wife wants you to buy her a new thing, it's not because you are the problem, but she sees her friends with new things. And therefore she wants you to buy her new things. Fathers, parents, when your child wants that new iPhone, it's not because you're not a good dad. It's not because you're not a good mom. But hey, Junior or or Michael at school has a new iPhone 14. He got an iPhone 13. So he's going to come to you and say, I need the new one. And so sometimes, uh, child of God, the pressure is coming from the outside. And that is why they're pushing you now uh, to... Buy it. That is why they're pushing you now to subscribe to it. That is why they're pushing you now to take that trip. You see, I know what I'm talking about because my own dad said to me, Henry, I never saw you as a pastor. Because the time I made the decision to be a pastor, my dad was in Malawi. I was in the United States. And he said that to my face. He said, if I was in the United States with you, Henry, I was not, I was going to discourage you to be a pastor. Because I see you as a computer genius. Because when I was younger, I used to 
break down computers and all that type of stuff. So he saw me as the next Steve Jobs. <laughs> but he said, you know what, son, I've accepted it. It's okay. You can go ahead and do ministry. In fact, when I was coming to going to AUP, my dad prayed for me. He said, son, God bless you. Go serve God. Do the right thing. I have my father's blessing. But I know somebody here has not been so lucky. You did not do the degree that you wanted because your parents said, do that one. You did not date the person you wanted because your parents said, we want that one. You did not live in a neighborhood you wanted because your wife, your husband said, this is where we're going to live. You've been not been so lucky. And I, I want to say this at the very beginning, just to lay it on you, that doing community doesn't mean that we got to do things the same way all the time. Amen, somebody? It doesn't mean you have got to be like your dad. You got to be your mom. You got to be your grandfather. No, you can do your own thing. You can be different. You can be you. You can be unique. Just because I like, I like gado gado and you like I am bakare. It doesn't mean that we have a problem. You just like what you like. I like what I like. We can still do community. Amen, somebody. But there is civil war in our homes. There are constant battles in our homes. Because we want to get the other person to be like us. And we are not satisfied. We are not content until they are doing it like how we did it. But doing community doesn't mean we got to do things the same way. Uh, let me bring us a little further along because I don't have a lot of time. It's 1143. Sometimes, Sister Yannette, listen to this. Sometimes family gets in the way of an essential service. You see, when you scan Mark chapter 7 to 12, you're going to see these images of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is so effective that the sick are no longer sick. Jesus is so effective that the demon-possessed are no longer demon-possessed. They are possessed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is so effective that the blind are no longer blind. They can see. <laughs> Jesus is so effective that the psychotic, they get rid of their crazy. But when his family looks at his ministry, all they see is a crowd. <laughs> all they see is a mob. All they see is energy vampires. All they see is bad hygiene, open wounds, limping people, people crowding Jesus. Hey, all they see are the bad stuff. And what they want to do is to pull him out of serving. But they don't understand that Jesus is doing an essential service. And I need somebody to understand it this morning. Is that when you offer an essential service, be motivated by the service and not the sentiments. That's an amen moment. You can say now. Amen. Amen. Mm, okay. It's not hitting yet. Elder Rivo, I'm not doing this yet. Let, let, me, let me try this thing so you can understand. You see, all of us, are either using XL, 
telecom cell or Indosat? How many uh, tech sellers up in here? T-cell in the house? Uh-huh. Indosat in the house? Indosat? Wave, wave like you don't care? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. How many of you have ever called up Indosat or telecom cell or Excel and say thank you? How many of you? I've never done it, and I know you haven't done it either. But they keep providing service. Even if you do not give them any sentiments of acknowledgement, any sentiments of praise, any sentiments of thanksgiving. They know that you need their service when you are in the kampung. They know you need their service when you are traveling between your house and work. They know that you need them. So they will continue to provide the essential service even if they do not get any sentiments from you. I hope somebody heard me right there. Sometimes you will not get a thank you. Sometimes you will not get good job. Sometimes you will not get samangat ya. Sometimes you do not be, you do not be mantle, mantle. No. Sometimes they just look at you. Sometimes they complain about you, but you got to keep going. You've got to keep moving because you understand. I am offering an essential service. I came to tell you, keep posting. I came to tell you, keep writing. I came to tell you, keep giving. I came to tell you, keep on advising. I came to tell you, keep on serving. It doesn't matter what they think. But as long as you know, I am doing something important. Don't quit. It doesn't matter what people think. And you need to know that Jesus understood that because his service was prophesied. It was predicted that Jesus, look at the end of the text, that he would be the hope of the Gentiles. Somebody's life, somebody's whole existence depends on you. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep giving. Especially on the days when you feel like, man, why am I doing this anyway? Why do I have to keep showing up for my family? Why must I always be the one taking the kids to school? Why must it be me always leading worship? Why must it be me always getting the family together? Keep going. Keep moving. Don't stop. You're offering and a sense of service. Now, the family of Jesus was offering him plan B. Plan A was, Sister Lydia, keep serving the people. Keep doing something. Right? But, Sister Laura, plan B was, hey, Jesus, get out of this. You know, rest a little bit. So, what you're going to have in life, listen to me carefully. What you're going to happen in your life is that your family will always try to give you plan B. But when you know what plan A is, my suggestion is stick to plan A even if your family is offering you plan B. I want you to look at how things happen in this particular text. Jesus is teaching. He's giving a lesson about something. I don't know what it was, but he's teaching something important. And what happens is, according to the story, Sister Sharon, is that somebody notified Jesus. Jesus, your family is outside. Your family is looking for you. Many of us, if we heard that, we'd be like, hey, don't go back there. 
I got to go. My family is looking for me. I mean, if my dad and my mom came here, I'll be tempted to stop the sermon and say, hey, dad, how you doing? Welcome to JCC. <laughs> Jesus says, nah, uh-uh. We're not doing it like that. I'm preaching. I'm doing something for God. They have got to wait. It's my family who's going to have to do a tungu samentar. <laughs> The people need me. I'm going to keep serving them. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do for them. Now I want you to see, listen to this. Jesus is asking a question. He's saying, you're, you're, they ask, they're telling him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Now notice what Jesus says. Uh, who is looking for me? You said my mom, my dad, my brothers? Ah. Uh, you know, the reality is, you all are my brothers and sisters. Every Indonesian parent would want to slap their kid for saying something stupid like that. <laughs> you, you mean they, they give you birth? You are now disowning me? Please, 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 do not get stuck on how Jesus responds. But please get, be focused. Elder Donald, on the fact that Jesus is saying, plan A, plan A, plan A. I'm not going to go to plan B, no plan C, plan A, plan A. And I need somebody to make that decision today. Plan A, plan A, plan A, not plan B, not plan C, not plan D. God has called me into ministry. God has told me to give. God has told me to support this person. God has told me to love my family. No matter what, that's what I'm going to do. I ain't quitting because I want you to understand that plan A is always bigger than plan B from your family. You see, this should have been something you, you should be excited about because God is thinking a lot bigger for you than your family is. I know they brought you into this world. I know they support you through school. I know. I know your family is the one who you call to first. I know your family is the one who gives you money. I know the family is the one who you, you stay with. But I, I want you to make room in your life, in your thinking, that God is offering you something better. Arriba, let's just, you and me, let's, let's just preach this thing because I think you're getting this. God is the one who is thinking beyond your parents, beyond your brothers, beyond anyone in your family circle. He has a bigger, a bigger vision for you. Okay, you're not convinced, so let me try it. Notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, here are my mother and here are my brothers. And you look at that, you say, Jesus is disrespectful. But I look at this and I say, thank you, Jesus. Because what Jesus is trying to help us to see is that Jesus is not all concerned about his family. But Jesus knows all of humanity needs him. In other words, it cannot just be about Mary. It cannot just be about Joseph. It has to be about a Tabitha. It has to be about a Dr. Regina. It has to be about an Elder Revo. It has to be about an Elder Calvin. 
I can only not think about my family. I have to think about the whole of humanity. God is doing something big, something grand, something awesome. My family is going to limit me. My family is going to stop me. But if I ride with God, if I go with him, I'm going to do something better. And I'm glad that Jesus told his family, you are not the only ones. You're not the only ones who are important. I love Yannette too. I love a brother Yonata. I want them in my kingdom. And I know some of you are coming from messed up families. All you have ever known in your life is dysfunction. Divorce. Or thinking about divorce. Every argument. The D word comes up. Some of you are single parents. She or he walked out on you. You've had to do it on your own. Some of you, all you know is passive aggressive behavior. That's how you interact with people. Can never really get straight what you're thinking, how you're feeling. Some of you, all you have known is marriage unfaithfulness. All you do is keep checking the phone. Who they texted last. Who shows with at the meeting. Checking their Instagram, shaking their WhatsApp, smelling their clothes. Maybe they got perfume from somebody else. Some of you hate your last name. You don't like your parents. You are not happy that you were born in that family. Some of you said, man, I wish I was Turkish. I wish I was Russian. Maybe African is better. But I came to tell you that Jesus is saying, you're welcome. My family has a spot for you. I know you're broken. I know you're beaten up. I know you've been cheated on. I know you're cheap. I know you're dusted. I know you're unhinged. I know you're unloved. I know you are unkind. I know you are mean. I know that you don't get down the right way. I know you overspend your money, but please come to my family. You are welcome. I want you. I love you, child of God. I came to tell you today that you have a spot in the family of God because Jesus wants to do community with you. You are the most important thing in the world to Jesus. When Jesus is thinking about life, your name is right there. When you are asleep, Jesus is thinking about you. And so I came to tell you, child of God, that you got to appreciate the fact that you can be a part of Jesus' family. Now, many of you, when you think about family, Sister Irene, I know you think about your daughter. When you think about giving an inheritance... You never think about Pastor Henry. I feel what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I'm not mad at that. If I was in your shoes, I'd also think about my kids. And that's okay. That's all right. You got to, to do like that. But Jesus could not do it like that. Because his inheritance is not just for his family. His inheritance is for you. Sister Madeline, the inheritance of Jesus has your name on it. When Jesus is saying, after I'm gone, who am I going to give it to? He's thinking about you. 
And child of God, I want you to appreciate that this morning. You may not like your family. You may not like your situation. But at least in the family of God, there is a spot for you. And that's why I love what Jesus does. He says, who are? He's speaking in the plural. He's including everybody. But you see, unlike Jesus... We often choose plan B because we are afraid of being radical. We'll go with the flow or the, or the family. Just, you know, keep the peace. want to keep everything nice. You know, just we want to keep the peace. That's, that's how we approach it. I don't want to cause any problems. I don't want to cause any, any situations. And sometimes I hear it in the conversations I have with some of you. Hey, why did you marry him or her? Uh, my family. They, they said it was a good match. So yeah, we, we're married. Are you happy? Well, that's another story. Uh, why exactly do you go to that church? Uh, you, you know, Pastor Henry, I, that's a family church. I can never leave my family church. You know, we salvation is there at the family church. But why this neighborhood? Well, in this neighborhood... This neighborhood, my great-granddad lived here, my granddad lived here, my parents lived here. Well, this is where I'm going to live right here. And so many of us, so many of us are living the lives of our families, members. We are repeating their story. We have never carved out a niche for our own selves. When you look at you and you look at your dad, the same thing. I mean... It's like God created photocopies. But you see, the reason why Jesus is saying, I got to make it wider, is because Jesus is trying to help you and me to understand that discipleship requires being radical. Now, please don't get, a, don't get afraid. I know the, the, the U.S. Uh, Secret Service and CIA will will be afraid if you use the word radical because radical is those people who blow up stuff. Not, that's not what I'm talking about. But, 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 but Jesus is saying, I am willing to turn my back on my family because I want to stick to God's plan. And that's what discipleship is. If you say, I follow Jesus, I love Jesus, basically what you're saying is, I will be radical. Because not many people believe in Jesus. Not many people follow him. And so if you're truly going to follow Jesus, you have got to embrace being a radical person. I love what these writers say. They say, Jesus loved family. Amen? Amen, somebody? You see, the scriptures teach that if a man does not pay bills at home, he is worse than an unbeliever. The scriptures also say that, Patricia, congratulations. But the scriptures also say that you got to honor your father and your mother. That's what the scriptures teach. In fact, Jesus rebuked many people for not supporting their own family. So I'm not telling you today, don't support your family, disrespect your parents. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying to you is that when it comes between going to church... And going out with your family, going to church should be first. When it comes, am I going to go to, to, to prayer meeting or am I going to go to the movie with my family? It should be about prayer meeting. Are we together? 
Okay, you're not, you're not getting me. <laughs> when it comes, are we going to save or give back to the Lord? Giving back to the Lord should go first and saving should go second. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because you understand that what, what matters most is not your family. It is God. And so I need a child of God this morning to embrace the fact that your first royal, your loyalties belong to God. Your first energies belong to God. When you get up in the morning, Sister Pat, it ain't about Instagram. It's about gramming it up with God. Are we together? But too many of us, the job becomes God. The wife becomes God. The husband becomes God. Our hobbies become God. And we serve them as if they died for our sins. And I need you to ask yourself a question this morning. How are you looking at your life through? In what context? Your life in the context of the kingdom of God. Let let me say it this way. You know what our problem is? Our problem is we think if we dedicate everything else to God, we're going to lose. That's our problem. That's why you don't want to look strange among your friends. You want to look cool. (laughs) Because you don't want to lose friendship. The other day, I went to get my phone fixed because the battery had had come to 80%. And on an iPhone, when it's 80%, that's a danger already. My sister is laughing because she knows the story. So so I went, Elder Evo, to get my phone fixed. And uh, the technician said, Mister, please back up everything because you might lose it after I change the battery. And that's what I did. I backed up everything because I was afraid to lose my stuff. And that's why you will make an investment. That is why you will buy an insurance policy because you're afraid to lose. But here's what happened. Watch this. Watch this. When I got my phone fixed, I never lost anything. I just got a new battery. Did you get what I'm saying? The technician took out the old battery and he added in a new battery. I had everything and my phone is better. Can I drop it on you? God is like a technician. Please give him what is important in your life. He's going to take out what is bad and he's going to give you what is good. He's going to take away your anger. He's going to take away your impatience. He's going to take away your bad spending habits. But yet he's going to make you a better person. You are not going to lose if you give yourself over to God. Because we fear loss. We prefer a backup than trusting God to have our back. And that's where you are today. Someone. You are so afraid that God can't take care of you. You are so afraid that God cannot help you. So you are having a backup plan. A faith insurance policy. And not willing to trust to trust God. But here it is. It's going to get sweet in a minute. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. When you become radical. What happens is, Sister Danik, things change for the better. 
You guys have heard of uh, the show Modern Family, right? How many have watched Modern Family? Hey, I can see it. You, you know, if you haven't watched Modern Family, I'm not saying you should, but if you haven't watched Modern Family, I think you'll like it because Modern Family uh, presents a picture of families today. Modern families today. You see, in the show, you have Gloria and Jay. Jay is divorced. Gloria is divorced. They have children and they come together and they form what we call a blended family. And they are blended families today. You know what I mean? In the show, you also have Phil and Claire. Phil and Claire, they have a nuclear family. They have three children. I think it's Alex, Haley, and I forgot the, the third name. But they are a nuclear family, husband, wife, and they have children together, a nuclear family. But also in this show, you have Mitchell and Cameron. Mitchell and Cameron, they are men, but they are married. They're married. <laughs> men are married. <laughs> That's a modern family. And this speaks to our situation. This speaks to where we are. But what I have learned is that whether it's a blended family, whether it's a nuclear family, whether it's a same-sex family, the problems are the same. Divorce happens. Incest happens. Not knowing about yourself happens. So really... Any family type has its own issues and problems. So we might say, yeah, I'm in a modern family, I'm in a progressive family, but we still have to deal with the same old issues. That is why today I would like to suggest to you another modern family. And it is based on the words of Jesus. Notice what he says. Here I my mother... Here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, and he is my sister and my mother. In other words, for Jesus, a modern family is a family that is concerned about the will of God. Ooh, I worked hard for that one. It's okay. I'm going to try it this way. You see, many of us can recollect and say that some things are no longer here. Since the year 2000, we don't use floppy disks. Man, I used, to, I used to have a case of floppy disks. I was dedicated, keeping all my documents. In the year 2000, we had slide projectors. We also had VCRs. But today we have Netflix, so we don't need VCRs. Today we have USB 3.0, so we don't need floppy disks. Today we have overjet projectors, we don't need slide projectors. We are in the modern age. But allow me to help you to understand that God will never get out of fashion. God will never be unmodern. God will always be relevant. And that is why I need you to understand today that nothing 
is mad and he's not in the picture. Nothing is relevant if God is not in the picture. Let me ask you a question. How many of you still want to breathe today? You want to breathe, right? God has life. How many of you want guidance in your life? Wisdom. How, how many of you? I see you, Brother Jack. God has wisdom. How many of you want, want, want health? Want, 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 I see you. God has health. Which tells me that God is always modern. Which tells me that God is always relevant. And that is why if you want your family life to be blessed, your family life to be what it has to be, you have to model it after the pattern of Jesus. And that is your family has to embrace the will of God. Today, in a lot of families, it's not the battle of the sexes. It's a battle of wills. Because God made you male and female. So being male and female is not a problem. You know we make a big deal about, about males and females. No, that's not the problem. You know what the problem is? What I want and what you want. That's a problem. And many of our families are struggling with that. You want to go to Anshul. They want to go to Punchak. You want to watch a movie, they want to stay in. You want to eat out, they want to eat in. And so we're having clashes in our families, in our relationships, because what you want is not what I want. So it's really a battle of the wills. Pastor, what do we do then? The will of God. That's the answer. I believe that if we embrace the will of God for our families, we will have the best possible families imaginable. But then we have Gojek drivers. You know what Gojek drivers do? Some days they follow the flow. Most of the times they don't follow the flow. And many of us at home, we are like Gojek drivers. We follow the flow when we like it. We follow the flow when it's good. But most of the times, most of the times, it's my way or the highway. It's what I wish. It's what I about my preference. It's how I like it. It's who, it's this, it's me, it's me, it's me and me. And Jesus is saying, if you want to solve that, start using the same standard. Start following the same flow. That is the will of God. Honey, I think we should invest the money. But is that what God wants for us, honey? Honey, I want us to have kids. But is that what God wants, honey? Honey, how are we going to handle our money? What does God want? Start asking yourself that question. What does God want? What is God's will? What is God's wishes? What is God's desire for my job? You're, you're arguing with your daughter. You're arguing with your son. Perhaps ask the question. Is this really about God or is it about me? And perhaps we'd have more peace at home. We'd have more joy in our families. If it was more about what God desired than what we wanted. And so today I came to tell you, a modern family is all about God. A modern family is all about Jesus. And so Jesus Looking about those who sat around him. He said, hear 
are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister.